Craft Beer Radio, episode 28, July 19th, 2005. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. And this week we get drunk. Very, very drunk. <laughs> We're doing barley wine, so uh, we have some big big beers. First of two barley wine shows. Right. And I will tell you right now, I am looking forward to some English mild. Yeah, looking forward to something after a little bit lower in alcohol, a little bit lower in gravity. After the Imperial Stout show, after the winter seasonal shows, we've done a lot of high-gravity beers. I've woken up on Friday mornings a few times, not feeling that great. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll take one for the team. We'll do these barley wines for you. But if it was up to me, I'd be doing something that's like three percent alcohol by volume right now. Like I'm saying, we should do like Kolsch's or something like that next. Yeah, we're gonna look into it. Um, still not <laughs> sure what we're doing after the barley wines. Yeah. Okay, so we want to thank Brian from Portland who sent us some of these barley wines. Anchor Old Foghorn Full Sail Old Boarhead. Anchor Old Foghorn Full Sail Old Boarhead. Old Boarhead. Hair of the Dog Fred and an old ale. The old ale was uh, another hair of the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name. And he also sent us a bottle of Sammy Claus, which Sammy is Claus. the Doppelbach that's the world's strongest lager at fourteen percent. Let's not do that one for a while. No, <laughs> but we really do appreciate the beer. It looks like the <clears throat> it looks like the vote totals for the top fifty on Podcast Alley have gone up, so our job's a little bit tougher. Yeah. We've gotten 71 votes right now. Ooh. We're just outside the top 50. And uh, with my calculations, that's about 1,100 of you that haven't voted yet. <laughs> so, you really remember, it doesn't take, it hardly takes anything to vote. And you, know, you, you have to give them your email address, yes, but they don't spam you. It's just to verify your vote. And if we need a reason for you to vote, just think of our good attendance. We haven't taken a week off since October. <laughs> it's true. So follow up, follow the link on the show notes and give us a vote, please. Uh, we are a featured podcast on podcast.com. We got this email, was it yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago. And uh, we're not really sure this is an honor because it's not the greatest looking site in the world. Well, also, if you look at our refers, when I wrote this, it was right yeah. after it got put up, so I didn't know. But I'm pretty sure it's not an not really an honor. It's been up for over 48 hours now. Uh-huh. And how many refers we've gotten from the site? Two. Two. So, I guess if people see it, we'll be in good shape. But yeah. So, when I was a little excited at first, now it's just some guy trying to uh, sell some advertising. We, we actually space. got an email from iTunes uh, today uh, saying that, you know, it was sort of saying, we have an act, you have an active podcast, here's some information. That one was going out to everyone. Yeah. That was just, they changed, we're going to change uh, some of the RSS to fit some of the new categories. But we also got an email from PodTrack, which is a company that does advertising for podcasts, and they want me to give them a call and talk to the CEO. So we'll see what goes on there, see yeah. if they're a fit for us or not. I know they make you fill out a survey. We already had you guys do the survey, and their survey is like five pages long, like 50 <laughs> questions. And I know a lot of you aren't going to want to do that. So we don't want to you know, get too hard on everybody. Um, actually, iTunes said that the more traction we get iTunes-wise, the, the, the more we get the possibility of being featured as a featured podcast. So if you have iTunes... Just take, you know, I guess take a look at our description once Well, you can subscribe to us. They have yeah. comments now. You can leave a comment on iTunes about oh, us. Really? I haven't seen it. I've heard other podcasts talking about it. And speaking of iTunes, I said this at the end of the last show, but in case some of you iTunes subscribers didn't listen that far, there's a setting in iTunes where you can choose either download the most recent episode or download all episodes. 
what happens is if you have it set to the default, which is download the most recent episode, and we put up two shows in between the time that you check our feed with iTunes, you're only going to get the most recent one. Mm-hmm. So if you like the show, or if you subscribe to the, subscribe to the extras, like if you subscribe to the extras, you're only getting one of the yeah. shows every week. So you got to change that setting to automatically get both of them. And that could explain why we see a discrepancy in the pre-show and post-show because people don't realize they're not getting both shows. Right. Well, so much for that. <clears throat> this week. This week at CBR. I need access to the sudsgear.com mainframe, Greg. Do you have the coupon code? Damn it, Jeff. I'm busy running a cross-scan spectral analysis and using a lot of bandwidth. Can't wait. No, Greg. It can't wait. The president is waiting on confirmation of the 10% discount. Now give me your coupon code. <sighs> Fine. My coupon code is CBR. CBR. Copy. As soon as I finish reconfiguring the security perimeter for the TAC team, I'll be able to upload my order configuration at sudsgear.com. We've just received some NSA cross-chatters saying the terrorists are trying to crack the coupon code, so hurry up. Tune in next week for the stunning... No, I'm just going to... Just this part here. Tune in next week to hear the stunning conclusion. See, I just think you can do, 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 and then that's it. And that was our little advertisement for this week. Uh, There are several ways you can give us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. You can give us the vote on Podcast Alley. We've been so nicely begging for this month. (laughs) Yes. You can call our comment line at 206-202-BEER. That's 206-202-BEER. We haven't got a call in a long time. No. Maybe it's because we never played the calls we got. But they weren't really playable calls. We got two. We played one of them, didn't we? No, we ended up not. Oh, oh well. Because, I don't know, it just didn't really seem that playable. Sorry. (laughs) You can also send us email or audio comment to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And send us a smoke signal. Ooh. Yeah. That's a nice one. (laughs) Or semaphore. Semaphore? Semaphore with flags. Oh, right, right. I like the smoke signal because we can see that from further away. Ah, okay. Let's move on to email, Greg. Why not? Okay. Andy from New York. I enjoy I enjoy your show very much and have been listening for several months now. That's great. I used to brew, so I have an appreciation of the various characteristics. I used to brew, so I have an... I used to brew, so I have an appreciation of the various characteristics. <laughs> you know, I, 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 w- I would come at this line that is kind of uh, a little bit overzealous here. I mean, you don't have to brew just to have an appreciation for the various characteristics okay. of well-crafted beer. Okay. Andy from New York writes, I enjoy your show very much and I've been listening for several months now. Your podcast inspired me to explore beyond the common bass and Guinness ales that I've started to keep the beginnings of... Oh, I cannot read. Want me to read it? Yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> Andy from New York writes that he enjoys the show very much. He's been listening for several months now. He says, Our podcast inspired him to explore beyond the common bass and Guinness ales that he started to keep with his beginnings of his beer diary. And uh, he says he typically starts with beers we review, hits beer advocates to rate beer, modifies his list, and see if he can find any local beverage store, which uh, he says is actually kind of depressing because he just finds some of the stuff and we understand that. He says, uh, Too bad you can't order online like Apple is doing with music. Well... Jeff? Well, I uh, think I made Andy's day, because you can order beer online. Well, if you're lucky enough not to live in a state like Pennsylvania, right. which outlaws alcohol shipments into it, there are some websites. Uh, one of them is Liquid Solutions, mm-hmm. which is liquidsolutions.ws. 
and also bevmo.com are both sites where you can order alcohol and have it shipped to your order beer, craft beer, mm-hmm. have it shipped to your door. And we'll link to those in our show notes. Yeah, there's links on our show notes. So you'll be able to find those. He also gave us a list of some of his wild beers, uh, Old Dominion Oak Barrel Stout, Arizona Valley Boot Amber. We liked that a little last year. Sierra Nevada Porter. Dogfish Head Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Trogues Mad Elf. Brown Sugar. He said thanks for the tip on that one. Yeah, yeah try Brown Sugar, everybody. Dogfish Head Aper Hop was another one. He had a whole bunch. We're not yeah. going to read them all, but uh, he likes a lot of the craft beers I've been turning him on to. So I think our mission is accomplished with uh, Andy here. Yeah. Uh, Rich from Pacific Brew News writes in with his top five beers. Uh, his top fives were Anderson Valley Winter Solstice, uh, Bear th- Republic Hop Rod Rye, um, Unibro 2003 edition, which he also mixed with uh, his Triple Bach 1994, which I guess he tried. He had some runners-ups here, too, for oh, like okay. the seasonals. He also had Sierra Nevada Summerfest. To go yeah. To. Uh, Pizza Port Hop, Hop 15. 15. Yep. Interesting. And New Glarious Cherry Belgian Beer. It's interesting. He said there was a lot of expectation with that beer, and it did not disappoint him. Cool. Tom from Connecticut wrote in, hope you guys will be happy to know that you got me through another viewing of the Nutcracker. <laughs> this is cool. Every year my family goes on Christmas Eve to go to view the Nutcracker. This year I brought my iPod and listened to your show, which was far, which was a far better experience. I think you mentioned in, in your response to him that you know maybe next time they could fashion the Nutcracker around our show. So, or, or we'll fashion our show around Nutcracker, so it'll sort of mix looks like in with the yeah. people are talking. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Greg and Jeff are down on the stage singing the craft beer radio. We'll have to talk to the choreographer. So if you can get us that information beforehand, we'll then fashion the show. <laughs> don't need to really read the rest okay. of it. Okay. Steve uh, from Delaware writes that uh, he recently hold, discovered... Hey, hold up the paper and talk into the mic. <clears throat> Sorry. Steve from Delaware. Steve from Delaware writes, he recently discovered our show and he wanted to let us... Sorry, I really... <laughs> uh, uh, just so we turned him on to Prima yeah. Pilsner. Steve from Delaware writes, that he just started listening to past shows and heard us rave about Victor's Prima Pills, so he picked up a six-pack and he uh, said he probably never would have tried it, but he thought it was outstanding. I, I think that's an excellent, excellent beer. I actually got some... I got a, uh, a case of that for watching the game okay. uh, this weekend. So, that so it's was, another... Uh, case of people are finding beer that they would have never tried if they yeah. didn't find us so that is awesome absolutely yeah victory premium pills excellent highly recommend that one chris from new jersey wrote in i thought your opinion of victory's imperial stout was right on i purchased it a few weeks back because of its high rating on beer advocate i was excited going into it but was really disappointed afterwards i was looking for that coffee caramel right, rosy right. taste that you get from the style which we were totally expecting and if you remember when we had the uh-huh. hop devil or the Hop Devil. It was almost Hop Devil. <laughs> the uh, Storm King. It was a hop bomb for Imperial Stout. Yeah, really. And really, uh, really kind of disconcerted us. And our show actually expected. changed his opinion a little bit because he did, he was looking at it as an Imperial Stout. And when I mentioned maybe it's kind of more of an experimental beer or a different category, he's going to try it again and approach the beer on its own merits instead of comparing it to the right, classic Imperial yeah. Stout. Because it wasn't a bad beer. No, not at all. But that night we were all looking at Imperial Stouts. And just wasn't an imperial, you know, in our opinion, it wasn't the best imperial style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark from DC says, this, he says, uh, he's a former brewer from <clears throat> Mark from DC writes in. He says he's a former brewer with Gordon Biersch and now a sometime home brewer and beer geek. And he appreciates our show. I'd like to encourage us to explore more of the lesser known Belgian beers outside of Trappist. He recommends St. Bernardus, which, um, Bernardus. He recommends St. Bernardus. <clears throat> ah. 
He recommended St. Bernardus, which I really do enjoy. I like their 12 a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Eck, Bostils, Bostils, DuPont, which we had, we didn't have their saison at the... Uh, Popperings Homo Beer. And the, the Dole. We didn't have their saison, the DuPont saison. We got some... Yeah, and Some we got flack people for yelling at yeah. us for not doing that one. So we'll do it again. We will revisit Belgians. And I guess it kind of was not the best technical decision to do just Trappist beers first like we did. Yeah. Uh, we should have done Belgian styles and done Trappist, you know, year down the road or something. But we did it backwards. So, but we will re- be revisiting Belgian beers and, and doing each of the styles. Uh, Jeff from Australia wrote in, still loving the show because I caught – here's an uh, – Jeff from Australia wrote in, still loving the show. Because I caught up on the earlier shows in a short amount of time, it has been striking the extent of which your palates and presentation <laughs> skills have developed over time. Well, we appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think I've gotten a lot more knowledgeable, but I'm glad. And I like people... to think, yeah, I've, I've expanded my palate considerably. He's from Australia, and he's coming into Pittsburgh Sunday evening. Yeah, shut the fuck up. He's cu- he's from Australia, but he's coming into Pittsburgh Sunday evening. Wow, that's a long And trip. he wants to hook up with us sometime next week. And I think we're going to do it Monday? Going to try to do it Monday. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked with my wife yet, but I think she'll... If some guy's coming from halfway around the world to, yeah. you know, wants to hang out with me, I, I think, think she'll let me get out for a night. So we're probably going to stop by Fatheads, which is a nice bar. That'll right? be awesome. It's been a long time since I've been to Fatheads. He's bringing us some of the better Aussie micros for us Sweet. to try, too. Sweet. Jeff, I uh, hope to see you Monday. Into well, uh, news. Yeah, yeah. Start over. Do the thing now. Into news. Okay, news was a little short this week, so we're stretching for stories a bit here. <laughs> First story. Michigan Pair wins Beer Pong Championship. Isn't this more of a macro muck? Yeah, I guess. Because you're not going to beer pong with any of the beers that we're drinking. Well, yeah, I guess this would be a macro muck. Okay, macro muck. <laughs> Michigan Beer Comp wins Michigan Pair wins Beer Pong Championship. They actually had the uh, World Series of Beer Pong in Las Vegas. Two guys from Michigan won it. Story goes on, explains Beer Pong a little bit. This, that's boring. Best part, the story was on Forbes.com. <laughs> well, I've seen some kind of silly stuff on Forbes.com. Anyway, they did a a, a fictional top ten of, of millionaires. Oh, fictional okay. millionaires like Richie Rich was in there. And... <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so I thought they were a serious site, and I didn't know they did jokes, but... Okay, well, let's just scratch that they, one they, they won, they split a $10,000 grand prize at these two characters. Congratulations. Heineken <laughs> Heineken is going to launch a, uh, a light beer, a premium light brand nationwide after a successful, in quotes, test launch in selected states. So great, another light beer. The article goes on to say that they've been hesitant to launch a light beer. They also have Lamstel Light, and they wanted to push that as uh-huh. their light category. And they didn't want to dilute the... Quality image of Heineken, the wonderful Heineken brand with those green bottles. But they uh, broke down. They're going to start offering it. I actually saw. This reminds me of. I, I saw um, some some website was trying to insult Steeler fans and said, you know, a Steeler fan wouldn't you know, would would never want a Heineken. They only want a Budweiser. <laughs> I was just thinking that is that some sort of insult? Like you know. Man, a, a Heineken's is such an incredible beer. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You're looking in from the outside, it might be. Next story. Lithuanian brewery under fire for using Christ in advertisements. Mm-hmm. Catholics in Lithuania are upset at a brewery who's using Jesus Christ in its advertisements. Now, okay, let's continue with the story. 
Uh, basically, the ads are a guy that looks like Jesus wearing headphones. He's yeah. not doesn't say he's drinking beer or anything. Right. And part of the um, part of the advertisement is customers are urged to buy a beer for a chance to win a CD containing musical hits. And this guy says the use of Catholic symbols for commercial purposes and especially for advertising alcoholic beverages is absolutely unjustifiable. Now, I would point out that Jesus turned water to wine. Drank wine. Alcohol is, is certainly something that was extremely prevalent in that day and age. Drink wine at mass. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, okay, maybe maybe you don't want to use in any advertising period, but to, to take alcoholic beverages – that to me is very silly. Next story: Senate remove uh, Senate approves restrictions on sales of kegged beer. This is the Alabama Senate. Oh, uh, poor, poor Alabama! Not like they don't have it rough enough. They can't have beer over six percent. Mm-hmm. They can't have bottles bigger than sixteen ounces. Now there's a bill that's gone through the Senate and it's probably going to go through the House that will only allow distributors to sell kegs. To bars, restaurants, and other licensed establishments. Mm-hmm. So no more kegs for home, no more kegs for the picnics. Mm-hmm. Um, I emailed a Danner Klein from uh, Free the Hops today, and he says yeah. he's they're working on, you know, doing what they can to keep yeah. this from going through. It passed the Senate thirty to nothing. Well, I mean, Alabama Bible Belt, Bible Belt state, right? So you yeah. figure it's going to be uh, this is a big morality thing. They say it's it's uh, the idea is to limit drinking, limit minors drinking. Now, I mean, they can just get bottles. Some right? of these quotes are great. This is progress in areas like mobile that have had lots of problems. Mobile. Mobile. Okay. Um, not noting the mass arrests of underage drinkers that law enforcement officials have made at keg parties in recent years. We've had a huge problem with these outside keg parties. <laughs> This can't limit the availability to minors, but it can stop those huge outside parties. You know, a part of me says a big keg of Budweiser, what else is it going to be used for? They're getting people really, you know, smashed. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But, I mean, you know, but I, know, I, I, yeah, I know people but I'm buy not, good I'm, kegs of beer and yeah, put them in their keg graders. I, I'm not a fan uh, in any way, shape, or form of limiting this sort of freedom. But it, on the other hand... There's very little purpose to to those kegs full of you know crappy beer than getting people really drunk. I suppose right. I mean, there could be the, the rare person who enjoys the flavor of Budweiser, Coors, Miller, and drinks it in moderation, right? right. And sips it out of a snifter at fifty five degrees, and they have a keg full of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so hey, a keg is going to taste better than out of a bottle, right? So. So, Danner, I hope you can stop that because the last thing you need is uh, Alabama slapping up laws faster than you can get them repealed. No doubt. Hey, it's time for What Beer Am I? Last week's answer was Bell's Batch 7000. Congrats to... Congrats to Matthew from Michigan. He was the first person to respond. All other people got it right were David J, Dave T, David G... Eric, Dan, Corey. Corey's back. Corey. Tom and Drew. Yeah, I got the correct answer. So let's move on to this week. And I don't even have the answer for this one yet because I haven't had time to research it and try to guess oh, it. Oh, okay. I am an English bitter. You are English and bitter. This one is submitted by uh, Tom. No. Let's keep running out names. We'll get yeah. it right at eventually. This one was also submitted. Yeah. This one was also submitted by the same listener that submitted the last two. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have internet access right now, so I can't look it up. I am an English bitter. I am brewed in a brewery owned by a father and son. Okay. I am four point. I am four point three alcohol by volume. Ugh. I am four point three percent alcohol by volume with thirty five IBUs. Thirty five IBUs. I have the color of golden sunset. Isn't that more subjective? It's in quotes, so I think yeah. it might be a clue. Ah. I am the flagship beer of this brewery. That is also. The home of a famous brewing school. Oh, Anheuser Busch. <laughs> uh, it's not an English bitter. <laughs> eh, disqualified. So, if you have a guess for what beer am I this week, and maybe I'll get the answer from you before I figure it out on my own, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. I guess they don't really have a famous brewing school anyway. No. I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah, I looked for an English brewery that had a famous brewing school, but I. Quick Google search didn't find anything for it, and uh, you know the only other two brewing schools I really know are the Siebel Institute, and uh, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong now because of West West Hofheimer or whatever. Mm. So you're just not looking hard enough, Jeff. Yeah, I didn't have enough time. Got to practice your Google foo. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the style for tonight, Greg. This is the barley wine, one of the strongest beer styles. Well, the strongest ones is not an extreme super beer that people are doing crazy things with. Yeah, uh, the strongest classic beer yeah. style. Uh, you know, very malty, uh, lively, they say, fruity, sometimes sweet, bittersweet, always alcoholic. Brew of this strength and complexity, this says, can be it's a challenge to the palate. I certainly agree. It can be very sweet and sugary at times. Anything I- from an amber to a dark brown color. Aromas ranging from intense fruits to intense hops. A body of a thick alcohol, thick body with... Um, Lots of alcohol being perceived. There are two styles of the barley wine. There's the English style and the American style. English varieties are quite different from American ones. What set them apart is usually the American versions are insanely hopped right. to make it more bitter and hop-flavored brew, typically using American high-alpha hop oils. English versions tend to be more rounded and balanced between malt and hops, with a slightly lower alcohol limit, um, with a slightly lower alcohol content, though this is not always the case. Because they're so high alcohol, barley wines can be cellared for years, and they age a lot like wine. Now, we're using snifters to drink these, uh, a lot like the Imperial Styles, because we want to get the aromas, and it's also a very sippy type of beer. Yeah, we want small sips, enjoy the aroma. We want to drink this thing relatively warm, 50 to 55 degrees. And uh, let's move on to the first beer, shall Yeah, we? let's do it. Okay, the first beer of the night is Old Nick from Young's Brewery. This is a 7.2% English barley wine. Young's Brewery in London, England, www.youngs.co.uk. Let's see, it has Fuggle and Golding's hops, uh, pale ale and crystal malt, uh, available nearly everywhere. And additional info, this also includes cane sugar, probably to bring that gravity up a little bit. Uh, What else do we have here? Recent news story about Young's advertising here. Uh, British Advertising Standards Authority banned two posters from London's Young and Company for linking alcohol to social success and seduction. Interesting. Isn't that pretty much what all American beer ads are about? Yeah, I would think so. Ninety <laughs> percent. Yeah, the first ad for Young's Bitter showed a man in a white suit with a ram's head. He was by a swimming pool with several women in bikinis. His attention was focused on the ram. 
Uh, a second ad depicted the Ram as a gentleman's club surrounded by well-dressed men. His attention is also focused on the Ram. Uh, both ads feature the head of a pint with the phrase, this is a Ram's world. I guess they are Ram's. Yeah, the old Nick doesn't, but some of the other brewery or beers, they have a Ram lager or Ram, some kind of Ram beer. And a couple other ones have Rams on the logos. But the old Nick has a little devil guy on yeah. it. I think that one of my favorite um, parries of that sort of thing was the Saturday Night Live Schmidt's Gay advertisement. I don't know if you've ever seen that where they have you know a couple guys go into this um, – uh, this house is all dilapidated, and, and one of the guys is like, this is your great house-sitting job, and the guy turns on a faucet. All of a sudden, this dilapidated pool turns into this beautiful pool, and all these gay guys and, <laughs> and Speedos come up, and they're like, yeah, woohoo!" <laughs> so it's a big, like, it's a, it's a huge, great parody of uh, of that sort of okay. beer will get you chicks. So the aroma on this one, it uh, doesn't smell completely fresh, does it? It's a little oxidized or something. Um, well, it's... Uh, it doesn't have nearly the kind of overt maltiness that we got out of the was it salty dog? The salty dog, right. which was also an English style barley wine, even though it was made in New Jersey. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's maybe a little bit of that cardboardy smell. Now the oxidation can actually lead to some smell, some flavors that might be good in a barley wine, a sort of brandy. The sherry notes. Yeah. Let me get some more aroma worked out yeah. of this beer and see what I smell. It's very dark for a barley wine. It's um, you know, a, a dark tan. Um, with a, 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 a smaller, a very small head. If Greg calls dark tan, I would call a um, mahogany. No, lighter than mahogany. I would call it a uh, dark tan. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a pretty dark one. It has a little bit of uh, redness to it. Yeah, as I swirled around a bit, I'm getting into some of that sugary, that uh, heavy sugar. A sweetness smell. Yeah, the aroma's not all bad, but it doesn't smell like it's at yeah. its best shape. Yeah. It might be a bit oxidized, but it might be good for it because it's kind of, like we said, adding some of those sherry notes, some of those um, cognac-y type notes, a little bit of fruitiness at the end. It's It's milder. Than the salty dog, I think. Yeah, the salty dog had a lot more mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, but if you look on the label, it shows the dog jumping on a bag of dextrin malt, trying to stuff it in the bottle. <laughs> dextrin malt is used to give a lot, or uh, this is melanoidin malt, to uh, give body to the beer. Mm. And, al- and also the, the caramel roasty flavors, but... So it's weird because the reason why I think it's a little bit oxidized is take a sip, you get sugar right away, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fades into something just kind of a little cardboardy-ish. Then it kind of goes hoppy and mild at the end. Now, I mean, this should keep pretty well because of its high alcohol. Yeah, I don't know if this bottle is dated at all. Imports typically aren't. On the back, there's something there. Oh, January of... That's before January of 06. Mm-hmm. And they were drinking it this month. Yeah. <laughs> That's before January of 06, so... So it was better last month. Yeah. We we screwed up, sorry. Before end. That's before end. Oh, Okay. 
So we're good. I know I haven't said much about this beer. I'm trying to go still get it to to register flavor wise. It um I was I definitely I'm trying not to I'm not be spoiled from the last beer which had such a full mouth feel. Mm-hmm. This one tastes empty compared to it. And I'm um, just trying to give me a few more sips. I think we all will grant you that luxury. I mean, I feel kind of hits you hits you strong at first, and then really fades away pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm having trouble tasting any oxidation in this one, but it's such a flavorful beer that it can hide it, you know, pretty well. And like you said, if it goes the sherry route for the oxidation, then you might not even notice it at all. Yeah, that cardboardy thing I was tasting, I don't really taste so much of that anymore. Although it is just kind of fading into kind of a a, a Golding's type hop resinous sort of flavor. You wouldn't typically get earthy flavors from the English hops. But I'm getting more of a resinous type thing. I think it's maybe the alcohol blending in there. It could be. Changing your uh, perception of it. It leaves me wanting more. Just I'm trying to get used to the lust or mouthfeel, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be enough, you know? There's some sort of fruity note there, also. Kind of, um... Mm. We've been saying cherry a lot, so I don't really want to use that so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out if there's another flavor amalgam that comes relatively close. I'm getting some, you know, some of the, the caramel malt from the, you know, the there's probably a lot of crystal malt in this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, don't we have ingredients for this one? Mm-hmm. Pale ale and crystal malt. Okay, yeah. So the crystal malt, and also again, this is the old Nick uh, from Young's. And a, a good traditional English beer is going to have a lot of esters from the fermentation, mm-hmm. so you're going to get a lot of fruit from it. You know, fruity, flowery, floral f- types flavors from the yeast. Very, yeah. There's a, almost a, a, a flowery is a good is a good term. Potpourriish sort of flavor. I like the aroma a lot more now. Anything that was negative there is kind of blown off, aired out, and uh, getting a, a sugary, candy-type smell mm-hmm. from it. Should we finish off this bottle? I don't want to be overzealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of beer coming here. We do. We do indeed. But, I mean, we don't want to waste the beer also. We could use it in the post-show. We could, uh... That's true. You want more? Help yourself. Maybe I'll have a little bit more because I don't want to waste the entire thing. But this is a lot of beer we have. We may be having a guest soon uh, to help us out. Yeah, neighbor Bob might make a return to help us uh, absorb some of this alcohol. Because these are some a lot of big beers. This one's only 7.2%, you wimp. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we have a lot of time since these beers are taking longer to drink... Last night, we had our final BJCP training class, mm-hmm. and it was the off-flavors tasting class. Okay, how was that? Interesting. I was a lot more excited going into it than I enjoyed actually tasting now, these beers. when you say off-flavors, they don't give you, like, spoiled beer, right? They Well, what you do is you buy a case of beer, something without much flavor, Coors Light. What we used was Rolling Rock Green Light. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Something with almost no flavor at all. The flavor that it did have was already DMS, which uh-huh. was one of the off flavors that we were testing for. 
And there was two ways we did that it. DMS is is a dimethyl sulfate, which is a, a vegetal and uh, type character. So like uh, I think cooked corn, DMS. Right. Yeah. Two things we did was um, one of the guys in the class found online another homebrew club found ways to dose these beers to simulate certain off flavors. So for um, like for vegetal, he had to add some green bean juice to a beer, like a tablespoon of green bean juice. Um, for diacetyl, he added a smidgen of uh, some kind of butter extract, and they're pretty good at replicating the different things. Um, so he he uh, sat two bottles of beer on the sh- you know the green rolling rock bottles on the shelf in the sunlight for like a week. Ooh! So man, was it skunked? <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Um, some of the you probably things. could smell it as soon as you pop the cap for solventy for um, the higher alcohols, the fusel alcohols and stuff. He added some acetone to the beer, nail polish remover, <laughs> oh just a, like a drip, just a drop. But oh my god, it tasted so bad, <laughs> so bad. Um, what else was in these different all flavor tasters? Um, wow, that's that's pretty harsh. This is your last class. This is like the. I know. The I thought final. it'd be really cool going into it, but man, some of these beers tasted bad. And then we also bought this kit, which had these chemicals that you added for different off flavors, like a. Different two kinds of bacterial infection, uh, wild yeast, um, metal contamination, and we added these ones. And um, they gave you cards describing each one, and they said, you know, what some of these are perceived as. No, not fooling you. There was three different ones. One was described as cheesy and dirty socks. Another one was described as drainy, like smelling an old dirty drain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And my favorite, the last one, baby vomit. And they tasted reminiscent of baby vomit. I, I really and wouldn't know what baby vomit. I really wouldn't know what baby vomit tastes like. It's what you would, would imagine. You smell it, and you're like, "Yeah, that's kind of like baby vomit." <laughs> so, and the worst part was, I woke up this morning, and I think I still had some of those flavors in my mouth. Oh, you should have had a beer or two after it was over. I had a beer after it yeah. was over, and I still had the flavors in my mouth in the Ooh. morning. Came home, ate a bunch of crackers and stuff. I was mm-hmm. hungry, and uh, woke up, and I'm like. Ew. You should have had, like, I mean, this is one of the, you know, Corey yells at me a lot for for not liking stone beers. His stone beers rock. And hey, you're certainly more than entitled to your opinion, Corey. But I, I would say, oh, look, here's my visitor's here. I, Go ahead. Okay, I, I would say uh, that, well, I'll wait till you get back. Hey, one of my least favorite styles so far. Me too. What are you going to do? Take it for the gipper. We're still recording, right? Yeah, we can cut it out. I would say try something like uh, Arrogant Bastard to, to really just, you know, kill your taste buds. Really just, you know... Give it a, a heck of a lot of flavor. Well, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were talking, just talking about how I had the off-flavor beer tasting last night, and there's some pretty nasty beers we had to taste, or samples we had to taste. This is uh, Young's Old Nick again, and we have now uh, Bob Value, which is, we, we had him two weeks ago to help us out with the Imperial Stouts, and we have him again to help us out with the Barley Blondes tonight. He's my next-door neighbor if who Mikey likes beer. likes it, it's good, because these are not my... 
list of preferred styles. Okay. I think you would have liked the one we did in the pre-show better, but let us know what you think about that one. That's actually pretty subdued. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we were thinking, too. That's what you expect from a place that brings you double chocolate. Yeah, with real chocolate. That and that one is is you know I I think if you want if you want to convince somebody that maybe Guinness isn't the best stout in the world, somebody only drinks Guinness, give me Young's Double Chocolate, especially if it's skunked. Yeah, I've had some real sour Youngs too. Oh really? If you can get a little bit closer to the mic, and people can. Hey, we had some email. People actually liked it the last time you were on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they liked the dynamic, they, and they really liked the post you're talking about climbing and peppers and stuff like that. Yeah, so. you have fans. Oh, any of them cute? <laughs> we only have like four or five girls on the whole show. I'm sure there are some cute guys. So that won't make a politically incorrect <laughs> statement, like the young should change their name to like Sissy Brewing or something like that. Oh, come on. Young's <laughs> isn't that bad. No, I had the double chocolate style. I like the double chocolate style. It's pretty well. good. And like I say, I think that's a good... Well, for barley wine, I mean, this is sissy barley wine. <laughs> well, it's, it's an English style. It's, it's not, traditional. It's not an American, you know, throw it in your face and and uh, jam it with hops and make like it huge and powerful. Victory. Yeah, like Victory's like Storm King, which is, if anything, a very interesting interpretation on the yeah, very concept of an imperial style. Funny. I gave a friend of mine that, that I grouse hunt with, uh, he, he wants to try and get into some different beers. And I gave him a bottle of the uh, Storm King, and I said, this is very out of style. Yeah. You know, for an imperial stout. But if you like hops, you'll like it. And email back, said, first sip, I thought you gave me Vic Snyke. You spiked it with Vic Snyke. Well, the second sip, I thought you put pure grain alcohol in it. And <laughs> after that, it was absolutely wonderful. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing he put it in the fridge. Okay. And it started coming down, right. you know, as, as the warmth... Yeah, we, we talked about that one last week, and drinking with all the Imperial Stouts, it was way too hoppy, and it really didn't give us what we were looking for in an Imperial Stout. Yeah, if it's you're a great drink, beer. If I you're, mean, no wonder it's high on the list with all the hops being a country of but if you're, heads, but. but if you're judging it as an Imperial Stout, it really doesn't rank yeah, that If high. you're going to the bar and you want an Imperial Stout, you want that roasty, malty, thick flavoring, you want that real Imperial Stout taste, and you order Storm King, you're going to end up being disappointed. Yeah, I would agree. But if you but judge Storm King on its own merits, like you said, it's it's a good beer. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, if you're judging it, okay, it should have this, should have that, and then it doesn't write this high. So, I, I think, I mean, we're, you're obviously doing barley wines, but, I mean, I missed the Storm King thing last week. But, <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect beer for America when you think. I mean, because the craft beer sect is, I mean, when you look at the whole tendency, you know, and trend towards hop. Right, I mean, definitely. It's the right beer at the right time. It's no wonder that it rates high, and you know, you'll get some people like Lou Bryson though saying that we rely on the hops too much. Though we don't appreciate a well balanced beer. Some people and will say I, that. I think he has a point. Yeah. You can hide. I mean, a brewer. I mean, when you think about it, I was thinking about it when I was talking with this friend of mine. You know, we were talking. I was trying to do some beer education, and he's like, "Well, why do you think they're you know the breweries are pushing hops?" Well, you can hide an awful lot of Oh, uh, I don't want to, what's the word I'm searching for? Not incompetency in brewing, but you can you can get away with an awful lot of inconsistency and everything else just by, well, you know, let's hop the hell out of it. Yeah, and not only that, but I also think there's really a tendency to say we don't want to get incredibly high in alcohol, but we do want to just jam these things with flavors because we're kind of rebelling 
because we're kind of rebelling against the traditional American pale lagers, which have almost no flavor to speak of. So how can we jam it with flavor and we'll throw, make it as bitter as possible and throw as many hops as we can at it? I think there's something to that, too. Yeah, of course, I've become addicted to hops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cigarettes and heroin. I mean, you know, they give it, give it to you and get you addicted. But Interesting thing about hop flavor and bitterness like uh, hot peppers, you can become accustomed to hotness, and you need hotter and hotter peppers to get the same right. the same buzz. With hop bitterness, I, I, I think I said hop hotness, but whatever pepper hotness. With hop bitterness, you don't need more and more bitterness to get the same effect. You you might become more accustomed to it, but it's not like you your threshold is getting higher and higher. Well, I don't know. I I think I would tend to disagree. If you have a whole well, bunch of hoppy beers a night. You're going to need hoppy and hoppy beers to keep tasting it. I mean, but, the thing is, your, your taste buds adapt a lot quicker but than biologically, your bloodstream does the cocaine. Yeah, but biologically, it uh, it doesn't. That, there was a basic brewing radio where they talked to a guy about flavor and tasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, with capsation, you know, you need hotter and hotter foods to get the same effect. But with bitterness, it, you might enjoy more bitter beers more and more and more. It might be a psychologically, biological. Biologically, you don't need hoppier and hoppier beers to get the same effect. I think that might be because capsaicin destroys taste buds. Okay. It's, it's like stone ruination. Yeah. It doesn't. But, I mean, that's what's scary, man. It's Jeff. I mean, I originally was very much into stouts. I mean, I've always liked stouts. It was always, you know, my, my beer choice. And I always like very complex, you know, like uh, Bell's Expedition kind uh-huh. of stouts. And... and Balance so. And last summer, I got addicted to hops. And I mean, I find myself <laughs> now, I mean, it's scary. I'll sit there and in 15 minutes just destroy 22 ounces of ruination. And, and it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. I mean, I become addicted <laughs> to them. So, yeah. I just want to clarify something. Yes, capsaicin will kill taste buds. However, they will grow back in two or three weeks, so don't be too worried. Right. Mine are finally growing back after the last show. <laughs> so uh, let's try to keep the show on course a little bit. Yeah, let's move on to the next beer here. Our next this, beer. This is a very good, though. I mean, it, yeah. you know, just around. I mean, because I started off on stouts. I like this. And that and was. For me to like a barley wine. Yeah, the Young's good. Old Nick, yeah. it's not. It's a sissy. It's not manly. It's not particularly <laughs> outstanding in any particular way, but it, it is not, not, not really bad either. It just. No. A little more. Winter night in front of a fireplace, you know. Yeah, I think it actually would fit that pretty well. I'd say a little more mouthfeel, a little more body to it. Yeah. But that's really the only thing I'd say to change on that beer. You ever had Golden Draw? Because I had that at. Uh, I don't know if I have or not. That's a monster. That was like 11%, and that's a monster. I had that at Sharp Edge. It's a barley wine. It's a barley one. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought that was a Belgian. I thought it was like yeah, Belgian triple or something. Mm-hmm. Well, at least they told me the crap at uh, well, Sharp Edge was a barley one. Just because she works there. Uh, it, was, it was on the list. Anyway, um, well, someone will probably correct me. Uh, this is Old Foghorn from Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco. I've um, had that. That was on the Christmas beer list last year. Okay. Uh, 8.8% American barley wine available year-round. Hopped with Cascade. Dry hopped with Cascade as well. It's also wet hopped. Well, no, it, it's hopped in the kettle. Oh, right. Yeah, and then they then they dry hop it. Okay, right. Uh, and it's malted with two row barley. No duh. Says Jeff. <laughs> uh, annual production of one hundred three thousand barrels. Brewery started in nineteen seventy six. Actually, the brewery started in eighteen ninety six, but Anchor, as we know it with Fritz, it was in nineteen seventy six. 
interesting tidbit about this old foghorn. I got the bottle. I'm like, wow, it's a 12-ounce bottle. I thought these came in these little tiny little things. And starting last year, they started bottling them in 12-ounce bottles instead of the 7-ounce. And as we can see, it's a, sort of a, a reddish, um, kind of rose-colored. I'd say it's, a, it's darker than that. It's a... Well, it depends on how low you, you have it, I guess. If okay. you bring it high, it's more um, sort of a light wood. If you bring it low, it seems more rosish. You said wood. <laughs> wood. It's a, yeah, it's a reddish brown and uh, very clear. has a nice, uh, really red highlights in it. From the aroma, you can definitely tell this is American because you smell it. You actually get some of that hoppiness and that cascade smell is really yeah. coming through. The, the dry hop barley wine, you can certainly yeah. smell the cascade <laughs> hops in this thing. Uh, you also get the sweetness you expect. Yeah. This is probably one of the most available barley wines you'll be able to find out there. We never brewed barley wine, did we? No. You Would you like sure five you have... gallons of a barley wine? No. <laughs> you got to make sure you got the yeast going good to get a good final gravity. Otherwise, it's going to be way too sweet. That is interesting because the... The, the the hops really do kind of add a bitterness that that sort of tames down the maltiness, which is actually I think really pretty enjoyable. Yeah, it has a good mouthfeel. From the beginning of the sip, when I'm like breathing in and pulling the beer into my mouth, I'm getting alcohol from A to Z on this thing. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little maltiness. There's yeah. some hops there. It finishes really dry. It's said in the on the web page for this beer. Now some mostly marketing speak, but because of the high gravity, the yeast dies. So because of the high alcohol and the high gravity on the beer, the yeast aren't able to ferment. They die. The alcohol kills the yeast before they reach the final gravity. And that's not exactly what true from what I know about barley wines. I mean, if you're hitting 11, 12, 13%, but at 8.8%, the yeast should reach, you know, their terminal gravity on their own and just not feel like fermenting anymore. It's mm -hmm. not like the alcohol is causing them to die. So it seemed a little inaccurate on Anchor's site. And uh, how dry this beer is, it certainly doesn't seem accurate because if you've got a fermentation where the yeast don't finish, the beer's going to be a lot sweeter than this. I mean, we've had that in the home brewing where I think we two weeks ago we were talking about how that one batch, I mean, there were, you know, five out of six bottles hadn't fully fermented yeah, and that's, it just yeah. was nasty. Yeah, that was uh, where we hit a fairly decent final gravity. I was trying to do an arrogant bastard clone. And hit a fairly decent final gravity, but it wasn't quite there. But the yeast was dead. And I primed the bottles. And only like six out of the whole batch actually carbonated. The rest were all flat. <laughs> and they were very sweet. I mean, and, and, and the style mm -hmm. we were shooting for was well, as bitter as you could The get. sweet was from the priming sugar, which never got eaten up. So, yeah, that basically ruined the beer. It would have been better having it completely flat and a little bit drier than drinking priming sugar. You know, this would be too sweet for me if that hot balance wasn't there. Because the first thing, you get immediate sweet, and then almost right afterwards, you get this sort of hoppiness combined with the carbonation that mellows out that sweetness. I can taste in the background that that sweetness would kill me if that hoppiness wasn't there. The hops in this thing is uh, surprisingly strong, too. Mm -hmm. Not quite the level that we had Storm King at. But it's, it's it's sort of hops in this beer for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I like that. I, I think that because I uh, like we said before, I'm not the hugest fan of the barley wine style, mm -hmm. but I appreciate the the job the hops are doing by calming down the sweetness a bit, by 
interrupting it with some of that bitterness. Yeah. Did you find the old Nick's was actually a little drier than this, though? Yes, the old Nick's yeah, was, old dry. Nicks was dry. It ended I mean, certainly a lot drier. you know, they're pushing the hop aspect of this, the, the old Nick had a, had a drier... The old Nick was lower in alcohol. They probably hit a lower final gravity overall, which is going to make it nice and dry. The uh, like the anchor had a like I said in the, mar- the marketing. Maybe that is partly true, where they didn't hit a super low final gravity. Our notes don't say what they hit, um, so there could be some sweetness, and the hops would hide some of that. So it could be all that. It could be a sweeter mm-hmm. beer or hoppier beer. And uh, I'm really enjoying the the alcohol aromas I'm getting off this beer because it just smells so good. Yeah, but you'll be going into work late tomorrow morning. <laughs> so will I. <laughs> I don't have a staff meeting until 1030. I'm good. We got two much bigger uh, bottles coming up, too. Yeah, I was looking at that then. That looks like champagne. That's a fancy one. <laughs> uh, the, Anchor's first brew, this is, by the way, the uh, old foghorn from Anchor Brewing. Anchor's first brew was brewed in 1975, and their first bottle was in 1976, and their first 12-ounce bottle of old foghorn... 2005. Right. Yeah, they used to come in the seven ounce bottles. Like you guys, as a side note, did you try the uh, Christmas ale from them this year? Wasn't bad. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. we yeah. did. I like it better than last year's. Yeah. Uh, I just I chewed that right up. I mean, I I downed it. These guys still have a little bit to go on that one. Yeah. It's a really good beer, that's for sure. Thank God I've got the Storm King to wash it down. <laughs> Is it too sweet for you? It's a little sweet for me. Okay. I said at the beginning of the show that uh, I'm I'm really sick of high gravity beers. I'm, I'm ready for English milds. Yeah, <laughs> we we want to get some just you know some lager, just to, or like we said a mild ale just to bring us. I sadly may not be able to drink for a little while after this week. I'm going to try and quit smoking. I'm trying one of those, those stupid happy pills. Oh, okay. I, was tell, I think I was telling Jeff about this mm-hmm. the other day and. You're not allowed to drink with it, so not only do I have to qu- try and quit smoking, okay. I have to quit drinking. <laughs> it's uh, wow, that, that that's harsh. That should be, yeah, it's very harsh. I'm glad I never got into the whole smoking thing. Did uh, we mention who uh, sent us that last beer? No. Okay. Uh, both the uh, old Nick and this next one, the old numbskull from Elsmith, were sent to us by Nick. So thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. And the anchor was sent by... Young Nick sent it. Young Nick? <laughs> uh, someone sent us the anchor, Nick. but I didn't write it so down. Sorry. Whoever sent us the anchor, thank you very much. <laughs> we appreciate it. We really do. Uh, our next beer is the Old Numbskull from the Ale Smith Brewing Company in San Diego, California. This has they have an annual production of thirty five hundred barrels and they started in nineteen ninety five. This is a ten percent barley wine. It's a nice big bottle with a foil thing on top. And <laughs> this is our first beer from Ale Smith, right? Yeah, they're on my hit list. And they I've have heard. a uh, stout, Speedway stout, I yeah. think it is that I've been wanting to try. Like we said, ten percent alcohol and original gravity of one point one, final gravity of one point oh two six. Uh, Fuggles and Goldings are in this, as well as a new English variety that is more pungent and intense. It says Numbskull is dry hot with a combination. 
Numbskull is dry hopped with a combination of the more aromatic British varieties and the highly aromatic domestic Mount Hood and Centennial hops. Wow, you can definitely smell that hoppiness on there. Uh, malt is pale ale malt derived from the prize Maris Otter Barley, they say, and a touch of crystal malt. Just a touch. This is, like Bob said, kind of pouring it almost, it looks almost yellowish when it's pouring out of the bottle, but it kind of settles to a mm, light kind of close to orange, uh, or dark red orange. orange. Yeah, These small classes are hard to describe. We need to get some more words. Yeah. Maybe a burnt sienna. I have no idea. But no, when it was pouring, there was a bunch of foam into the beer, and with all the white foam bubbles, it did look very yellow when it was yeah. pouring. That smell is just this yeah, amazing kind of hoppy aroma that's coming off of this. Almost getting it's it's almost uh, overpowering the, the the sweetness that you would typically get from this. Hophead Bob over there is actually fiending on it. He thought, "Oh, barley wines, these are going to suck." Now he's like, "Ooh, ooh, this has my boat of the three so far." <laughs> Send more. has a lot of sweetness still. A lot mm-hmm. sweeter than the Anchor was. But definitely hits you with an, a, a different hoppiness because the Anchor was more Centennial and this is more Goldings and Fuggles in terms I'm of not, hoppiness. I'm not tasting as much hop flavor in this one. Getting a lot well, of I'm getting it at the very back end almost after yeah. I swallow. I mean, mm-hmm. it's okay. like, you know, you, you, you get everything else up front and, and almost as an aftertaste. I mean, there's a hundred times more hop aroma, yeah. but this I'm is, not getting as much hop flavor as this I did is, in the Anchor. to me, a lot more bitter than the other two. A lot more mm-hmm. bitter. Yeah, bitter. I'm getting bitterness. I'm getting aroma. But actually, the hop flavor seems lighter than the old Foghorn to me. Mm. Ooh, this has my boat. <laughs> not supposed to say that until the end of the show, Bob. Well, I'm not allowed to vote anyway, so I can say You're allowed to vote. Sure, you're allowed to vote. Well, Everyone's allowed to vote. I didn't get to drink Old Salty. Well, that's a pre-show. No, don't worry about it. Oh, no. We can we rank those. That's what. That's so we're loose when we start the show. We're not tripping <laughs> over all our words. That's good. So uh, there's some uh, there's some interesting malt flavors in here. Um, dare I say orange? Pithy. Pithy. I mean, the hops are probably contributing to you know the citrusy to make mm-hmm. the combination. You know, the malt is the sweetness of the orange, and the hops is the 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 acid the acid part of the orange. You know, orange maybe more tangerineish. Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be you know similar. Yeah. yeah, tangerine would be more accurate. Because it's kind of more of a sugary yeah, sweetness so you, to yeah, it. Yeah. There's not as much acid and there's a lot more sweetness. You're right. But it is uh, it's a very sweet beginning to the taste mm-hmm. and a very bitter finish to the taste. No kidding. It almost reminds me of some of the Belgians I've had. Really? Different styles of Bel- Belgians. I, I can't hold my, my finger on it, but if, if someone had poured You find one with a, a cleaner yeast profile, you yeah. know, because a lot of Belgians are going to have a lot more... F- a floral to it. Right. I can't put my finger as to what I'm thinking of, but if if I had my blinders on. That, that's curious. You know, um, we were talking last week where if, I would have loved that someone hand me the Storm King completely blind, not knowing what style it was. What would you judge it as? And I would say an Imperial IPA almost, depending on, you know, if you could taste the malt or not. And this would be another interesting one to get completely blind. 
because it would be confusing. You know, unless you had your, you know, like, you could say barley wine if you're lucky, but the hops, the, the sugar, it, it, it'd be no, interesting still, to, maybe to do a Maybe that's what's getting me is, is it almost tastes like, you know how they use a lot of candy and uh-huh. some of the Belgians are using yes. candy to fuel their sugar? It's almost as if I'm 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 getting that somewhere inside of the thing. Oh, definitely, but reminding me of a. But it's more hoppiness than say like a quadruple or something like that. So I agree, it's just weird. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of different, you know. But this, I think, the part of this is, and you, you and I both got into this saying we don't like barley wine so much, but we also brought up the law of same beer. Uh, we brought this up before the law of same beer tasting, which is that as you try. A bunch of the same beers at once, a bunch of the same style, you're going to be more appreciative of the style than you would be if you were drinking with a bunch of other different styles. Like if you if you had an IPA and then an imperial stout and then a barley wine, you probably think, I just, I just want the IPA. But if you're just drinking a bunch of barley wines, you can really appreciate the, the, the differences between them. We've so, noticed that we really get into the style when we taste them like this, and we appreciate the style overall more during the show. I would I would just tend to think though that. Of course, I'm a lush anymore, but but with that withstanding, you know, the same kind of setting that I would typically, if I weren't a lush, <laughs> um, want a really strong imperial style, you know. Uh, also coincides where we're typically you're going to have, you know, barley wine, you know, snifter, right. front of the fireplace, cold winter day or whatever, and of the two styles. I yeah, would just have always right. traditionally, I, I, you know, the the MPs are a hell of a lot more so, you know, satisfying chicken chicken soup for the soul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a sense, high gravity chicken soup <laughs> for the soul. Absolutely, because in a sense, the, the, we made up this law, but it applies to a rather artificial situation, which is they yeah. were doing a show based on doing these different styles. So we're putting ourselves so, into a certain track, and we're just making the best out of it. You know, when we get used to them. And, and I keep kicking Bob's foot, and I'm sorry. For that. I'm sorry. You know, the most incredible thing about this, and like I say, I mean, this is my favorite so far, is we we do agree that it's not one of our favorite styles. I mean, we may be enjoying it tonight, mm-hmm. but it's not something we typically seek out. That if this is their barley wine, can you imagine what their Speedway style tastes like? <laughs> uh, I, Elsmith is very highly rated, and I'd love to get some more of their beers. This is, uh, like we said, the old numbskull from oh, Ale Smith. You haven't finished the other one by Joe. We'll save that one for later. Oh. We sell the post show to do. Do you watch Lost by any chance? Occasionally. Okay. Just for the checks. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough reason. We have tend, tend to be. Or t- uh, <clears throat> while Lost is in non reruns, while Lost is in original episodes, we tend to focus most of our post shows on Lost because we both are very into the show. Greg has a new theory that's going to wreck everyone's world this week. I wouldn't say it's the theory. It's, it's more of an observation about the the, the manner in which the show is um, presented. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Good enough teaser. Ready to move on to the final beer of the night? I think so. I will be by the time you get there. <laughs> uh, this is the Talon American Barley Wine by Mendocino Brewing Company. They do good stuff. In Ukiah, California, 
their website is mendobrew.com. Brewery started in 1983 and annual production of 18,000 barrels. They have a database of where they're available by state, but you have to click on each state to see if you have any distribute if you have any, distribu- if you have any distributors. So Jeff says to go check for yourself because he's kind of lazy. I'm not going to click on all 50 states. I know you states. get their stout around here. Yeah. Yeah, Pennsylvania has Mendocino. But um, like I said, you couldn't get a list where I could just write down all the states. I had to click on each one and see if there was any results. And too this, big of a pain for me. This is a 10.5% alcohol, and its availability is it's a rotating offering. So occasionally you'll, you'll see it, occasionally not. You know, as a former webmaster, you should email them because... Poor you, usability? Yeah. It is. It is. A lot of websites have, yeah. a lot of brewery sites have poor usability. I, I think so. there's an addiction to the click from people who aren't really used to doing web design. They say, oh, everyone wants to click things. No, I'm not a, I'm not a web designer, yeah. but obviously at, at our office, I mean, I'm constantly saying streamline, clean Absolutely. up. People don't want to, you know, if it doesn't hit them over the head, you know, it's not going to not no. getting nearly as much of an aroma from this well, one. You wouldn't expect it, too many barley wines to have that much uh, hoppy aroma. But you're getting uh, a little bit of hops, some malt, and uh, so a, lot, a fair amount of alcohol. <laughs> Just looking at the color. Look at the difference in color between the two. Yeah, this is a, a much darker, kind of that we, <laughs> the dark tan. <laughs> yeah, a little bit reddish highlights on it. Yeah. It's uh, very similar to the color of the foghorn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The heads on these, we haven't said much about the heads because there isn't much. These high-alcohol beers typically don't maintain a big head. And, I mean, if you swirl like Greg is right now, you can establish a head, but it's going to be gone in just a few minutes. So. Don't bogart that bottle. <laughs> well, you got to try the talent before I give you any more of the numbskull. The yep, this is it. the talent. I mean, the other maybe the other ones have destroyed my nose, but I'm not really getting oh, much out no of here. Aroma on this. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting some mostly alcohol, but a little bit of um, malt. aroma, malt. Yeah, this is the strongest beer of the night, ten point five percent. Talon barley wine from Mendocino. Lots smoother, a lot more of a velvety texture, um, and that kind of dials down the taste a bit because it is so smooth but you're mostly getting a malt you're not getting a bunch of hop bitterness you're not you just it's kind of um, not hop bitterness but this one has more hop flavor or you know either i'm screwed up tonight i thought the numbskull was deficient in the hop flavor department it had bitterness it had aroma but not much flavor i'm getting a lot more hop flavor in this talon i'm getting a very metallic taste in this talon take a sip of your storm king because I think you really need to wipe the flavor of the numbskull off. That bitterness is still... I'm not sure if that's a good palate cleanser. Maybe not. <laughs> but would you like a sip of my water? Maybe that'll help you out. I'll tell you, it was a perfect example. We were talking two weeks ago about how Jeff would go help East End Brewing Brew. I get home from work, or I get home in tonight's case, I was at the climbing wall. Pound, one and a half, Storm Kings. Knock, 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 knock. Yeah. Come over and drink some alcohol with us. <laughs> Just swinging a growler around outside Bob's door. <laughs> but you're right. There's more of a hot flavor here. I'm actually really enjoying this one. Yeah, this one... Uh... It's my reverse osmosis filter. Ever since I came out and checked out our system, it's been making that noise after you use it. I don't want to eat too much cheese or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
this beer, it's interesting because, like I said, you know, that Numbskull was insanely hopped, but it seemed like they didn't put too much emphasis in the flavor because they wanted, they wanted the malt flavor to come through. Right. They wanted a bitterness and they wanted an aroma. And this one doesn't have much bitterness, doesn't have much aroma. Well, I'm getting but some it has bitterness hop flavor. Well, yeah, you're going to get some, but yeah. I mean, but this one is hop flavor primarily. I, I like the velvety texture. I like that. I think that that adds a little something to it that we haven't really got from the other ones. It's got, a, I think, a better mouth feel than the other two, but that's it for me. I mean, the, the taste to me, like I say, I'm getting a metallic taste. It's cutting you know, through even the Storm King's hops. You know, I, I see where you're coming from that. I think there may be, and, and we've discussed a metallic taste before. We feel it's it's a, a, a remnant of a little bit of hop flavor that when it gets old, particularly with noble hops. But other hops, I guess, can, can impart that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find what you're tasting metallic and... Uh... I'm not getting it right now. Now I see where he's coming from okay. because I can I can taste that in the aftertaste a bit. Real fish <laughs> Okay. Fishtail ales. This is a good balanced one though. I mean, just hoppy enough to be an American. You don't really taste that it's ten point five percent. Yeah, it's a. Uh... This show is hard to do. None of these beers are made to be drank in a fight like this. Yeah. They're made to be drank by themselves. <laughs> this old numbskull in this big old bottle looks like, you know, that's three people. One beer, you know, one beer at the, through yeah. the night for three people. That's what that's made for. It'd be just right. So I am struggling to uh, to finish through this. This beer doesn't, uh, I'm trying to be objective and taste this beer. But my body's just saying be over with it you know? you're not just... kidding this is this is a tough one this is, this is a tough show and next next week's show is going to be a tough one too but we're going to do it for you guys but you know since we, we do want to get this over with a certain point maybe it's time to start ranking yeah let's do that yeah. if this were a Roman Coliseum <laughs> Bob's a little pickier than we are yeah with uh, certain styles do you want to go first? Should I go first? Um, you can go first. I, okay. did, I did first last time. Let me figure out what was my least favorite of the evening. I'm going to have to put start out with Young's. Okay. Young's was least favorite. Number two. The next four were pretty good. Yeah. Um, you didn't try the salty dog. That's the one we were... That was a pre-show. Yeah, that was the pre-show beer. Sorry. You weren't here. You weren't home. I was here. I was just no, you weren't home when we started. Okay. Both oh, cars right. were gone. Um, we can cut all this crap. Let me think. I was, keep, I was working off my carbohydrates to keep my girl's voice <laughs> Old Nick, then. I'm giving up on that. Yeah, look at the bright side. I mean, you guys have some weight and some bulk to absorb this crap. You know? I think that's what I'm going to do. All right. Okay, here's my order after much deliberation. I'm going to start from the uh, least favorite beer of the night, which is the uh, Young's Old Nick. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to put the Mendocino Talon, which was a good beer, but you got to rank these in an order. So right. four sounds bad, but these top four are very good, and I like them all. Number three, Anchor Old Foghorn. Number two, Alesmith, Old Numbskull. 
And actually, my favorite beer of the night, this has never happened before, <laughs> our pre-show beer, Heavyweights Old Salty 2004. I just really liked the mouthfeel on this one, uh-huh. and it had a good balance, I, and it's an English barley one. I really enjoyed that. The reason we did it on the pre-show is because of availability. It's not as available as any of these other beers, except for maybe the uh, the old Numbskull. Well, um, we say it's, it's not very often when we totally agree on how this all works out. But it's just as rare when we totally disagree. Okay. And this is one of those situations. Um, for me, I would say my least favorite at night is going to be the Numbskull. It just eh, didn't seem to do it for me quite as much as I would have expected. Uh, my next would be the old Nick. I, I liked it. I, I kind of like the difference in, in the English style. It, it, it worked for me, but it just wasn't quite there enough for me. I would say my third favorite was the old Salty. Definitely had some interesting barley wine flavors. It probably just a little too much for me to hit right at the beginning. Yeah. Who knows? My next would be the Talon. I really did like the velvety texture. I really okay. do appreciate that. And my final would be Old Foghorn from Anchor Brewing Company. That's my favorite of the night. That's my number one. Yeah, they were all good. Um, I didn't mention why I liked anyone's but the first one. The Alesmith I liked because it was crazy hoppy and, and unique. The Anchor, again, was very hoppy. So those were very good. The Talon was a good balanced barley wine. And like I said, those four were all very close. And I actually had to pause the show here. I actually had to pause the show here and, and sort these out because they, it was a hard decision tonight. Right. So, Bob, what uh, you don't have to order them all, but, I mean, what's your thoughts on these beers? Well, obviously, I didn't get a chance to try your numero uno. Right. Um, I would have to say, for myself, the old numbskull, I enjoyed the most, and it was a combination, I think, of, of the nose as well as the taste. A little thin on the mouth, mouthfeel, but uh, it was most unique. It was most enjoyable. Um, let's say Old Foghorn, followed by um, the Sissy Beer. The old um, Nick. Old Nick. <laughs> If I get a uh, hate mail from Young's Brewery, I'm sending it straight to you, Bob. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, no, it, it actually wasn't. It was pretty good. I mean, it was the first thing we tried. I was like, wow, you know, this doesn't taste like a barley wine. It was pretty good. Um, this this final one just doesn't do it for me. I mean, it's, it, it, it epitomizes everything that I don't like about barley wine. Or, hmm. or I should say that makes barley wine not high on my list of... Right. You know, well, I'm going to go into the... Yeah, I thought the talent was good and balanced, but it yeah. wasn't really outstanding like the other top four, three were. I I, actually, I really like the texture of the talent the most. Okay. And I thought that that really rates it high in my book because it kind of, to me, it tuned down some of the things that you don't like so much. Even though there was a little bit of a metallic flavor um, that I, I could tell that Bob was tasting too, it... I just really like the texture a lot. I, I, I kind of love that velvetyness. I'm surprised. Yeah, it was chewy. I mean, you know, and I'm not knocking the brewery either because I've had, I mean, for, you know, kind of a traditional ho-hum style, they're, they're, the brewery style is not a No, Mendocino, we've been pretty pretty yeah. high on their beers. Yeah, the ones We've, we've, we've tasted Paramount on the show, too. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like asking me to 
say, well, would you rather die of a heart attack or die of cancer? I mean, it wasn't you know, that bad. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a style that isn't, like I say, high on my list. So, okay, we're looking at the lesser of evils and the most unique lesser of the evils to me, you know, from from just an overall experience was numbskull. Numbskull. Okay. Well, um, so please, please send a speed waste out. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a bunch of listeners in California. If one of them feels generous, uh, you know, maybe we'll get that for you, Bob. Uh, well, that's it for Craft Beer Radio's first uh, episode of the Barley Wine. We'll be back Barley next week with. With another barley wine show, and hopefully we can enlist Bob to help us absorb some more alcohol on that one. Well, I don't know. Bob won't be able to drink because of his... Um... Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he will. Oh. Next week. <laughs> Just not supposed to. Just not supposed to. Okay. Well, I don't think your doctor listens to the show, so I think we'll be good to go. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye. <laughs>